0: Welcome to Killing Time, hosted by Two Girls, One Goth. And you guys, it's such a great week. It's our brand new first degree 2.0 week. How are we feeling? Thrilled. Wonderful. I just want to make a little bit of a note because uh, we all posted our new picture with our new logo. It's chic. It's beautiful. Um, Our amazing friend Claire took the photos And when I posted on my Instagram, about 80% of the comments were about my ring. And about 50% of those comments were about if I photoshopped my ring onto my finger. And I just wanted to acknowledge that and say, yes, I did. (laughs) But you know what? That is the new you. You needed your new ring on. I know. But the funniest part of it is I the way that I went about it is I was thinking it was going to be a tiny podcast logo. And I'm like, it's tiny. Like you can't like zoom in and see anything. I'm not going to really pay attention to how I'm Photoshopping it on. I did it very haphazardly and like, didn't really pay attention to it. So I didn't really think about the fact that it was going to be also on Instagram and people are going to be zooming in on my finger. So Mm -hmm. everybody (laughs) with your suspicions, you were right. I did Photoshop it on. And for that, I apologize. And you guys are listening to the right podcast because you're all little sleuths, aren't you?
2: <laughs> yes, exactly. So this is this is really uh, first degree and killing time 2.0. So we are it not is. messing around anymore. No. Nope. So nope. please go and this is a call for um, if you haven't given us a review or if you have, uh, please go give us go give us a nice review. That would be wonderful because we are going to start climbing the charts.
0: That's right, bitches. Yeah, go give us a nice five-star review if you're out there and you haven't done it. That sounds so nice. That would be nice. We'd appreciate that. All right, Billy, uh, should we jump into the dark day?
2: Yes, the dark day. Today is November 4th, and it is the day that Wayne Allen Ford walked into a police station in Humboldt County with a woman's severed breast in his pocket. Now, this was in November of 1998, and he walked in and confessed to four murders.
0: And Alexis and I actually both did an episode of Talking Evil on this very case. We sure did, and it was disturbing. (laughs) It was very, very disturbing. The episode of um, Evil Lives Here was about his ex-wife, right?
3: Yeah, because I think he was abusive, but not... (laughs) You know, I, I don't think everyone in his life expected that.
0: Right. I think that with his ex-wife, he was doing weird things like making her get naked and driving around with her, and he was sexually abusive. But then he went on, and his victims were all um, sex workers and I think one hitchhiker, if I'm mm-hmm. not mistaken.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, the victims were Patricia Temez, Lynette White, Tina Gibbs, and then an unidentified uh, woman who who they only found her torso. And with this guy... One of the most frightening things is that, like with so many trucker killers, because that's what he was, they didn't know they had a serial killer. So this is a guy that they weren't even looking for.
0: They're so transient. Yeah. And there was a, um, when I was like doing a little bit of extra research on this, he said that he claimed that he was so drunk during the murders that he wouldn't be surprised if he had engaged in necrophilia with them, but he didn't remember if he did or not. Ew. So this guy was a big old piece of shit
2: anyway big piece of work it. indeed that is the dark day for november 4th
0: all right well as dark this, as it gets Too. <laughs> I, I was he is a dark fucking dude that's right dark dude all right well we have a very special episode for you coming up next we are bringing bailey Syrian into the killing time interrogation room Today, we are joined by the queen of true crime. You might know her from her massive YouTube series, Murder, Mystery, and Makeup, or I don't know, her number one podcast, our History. Or if you're a pitbull lover, you might know her as Saints mom. This woman has taken the fucking true crime world by the balls, and she's made an entire lane for herself. And we are so here for it.
1: So hello, Bailey Syrian. Thank you for joining us. Hi, what an intro. Wow. <laughs> I sound so incredible. You <laughs> are. We're so excited to have you're have just you. like,
0: you're taking over like every aspect of this world, and it's fucking amazing.
1: It's so insane. I never imagined that it would turn into what it is today. Like, it's just still unbelievable. It's so
3: crazy. I love it so much. No, and unique. I mean, you came at it from this completely different perspective. And, like, what made you think
1: of marrying the world of like beauty and true crime? It was a total accident. Well, not an accident. I had been doing YouTube since 2013 and I was doing makeup tutorials but I'm also just like so many people out there interested in true crime. And it was following heavily the Chris Watts case. Remember when that was all happening? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And it was like, he had just done that news news interview where it was like, okay, he's guilty. Everyone is guilty. And I had like so much built up information on the case, but nobody to talk to about it with. So I was like, what if I just like did my makeup so it makes sense to YouTube, but then like talked about Chris Watts and everything that I've learned. And um, I kept putting it off for like a couple of months because I was afraid that I was going to get a lot of backlash. And then one day I was like, let me just do it and see what happens. And it happened. It happened. Oh, it happened. (laughs) Did you
0: know that like any of your uh, subscribers on your YouTube channel liked true crime or was it really just like a shot in the dark? And you're like, I hope that nobody gets extremely offended by this content.
1: It was a shot in the dark. I really... I mean, I was making an assumption here, but I was like, hey, most women, we like true crime. We're like always watching 2020 and stuff. I don't know what it is. So I was like, let me just see what happens. And yeah, (laughs) So it was just a total shot of the dark. Well, and I remember I was watching, I was watching that
0: episode, uh, rewatching it, you know, to prep for the interview and stuff. And it was funny because you gave a disclaimer. You're like, "This is kind of weird," and like, "I don't know if I'm doing it right," and I'm going to try my best to like not say anything weird. But but it's so funny because I feel like every everybody in true crime, obviously, kind of has that same sentiment when we start talking about anything. But also, just anybody out there listening or talking about it at all with their friends is like, "This is bizarre," right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it doesn't make sense, but it makes a lot of sense at the same time. <laughs> no, it does. It just works. I don't know, but I think it's cool. I mean, it, it like it makes honestly, like, it, it makes a lot of sense when you think about it. It makes a lot of sense. It makes a ton of sense. <laughs> yeah. So like going back to
3: the actual beginning, the actual, actual beginning, I heard that your mom was a 911 dispatcher. So how did that sort of guide you if it did at all into the world of true crime.
1: Yeah. My mom was a 911 dispatcher for a long time and she would take me to work with her, which we laugh about it now, Yeah, but because like, when you think back on it, probably not a great idea to take your kid to listen to 911 calls. (laughs) Um, Nobody's calling to report great news, you know? (laughs) So I would get to sit, listen in with my little headphones and she would just take call after call after call. And I would just get to listen in to everything. And it was fascinating because like what you wanted answers, what's going on, what's happening. Like you want to help them, but you also get no follow-up. You got no closure.
2: Mm, Yeah. Interesting. Do you remember anything in particular? happened to all of them. Do (laughs) do you remember? Yeah. Do you remember anything in particular that might've stuck out for you?
1: Yeah. There was this one little girl who called, she was like seven years old and she was hiding in the closet because somebody broke into the house and she was so scared. And I remember my mom was like trying to calm her down and keep her calm. And it was like my first time realizing like, oh yeah, this can happen to kids too. Like it's not just adults. You know, it was it was, it just sat with me. It was different.
0: And then when you're kind of experiencing this as a child, it's obviously such a bizarre thing for a child to experience in any capacity. Do you think that being exposed to all this darkness, did that desensitize you to what you do today? Or did it like give you more empathy or some of both? Like, how do you think it affected your
1: storytelling today? Oh man, I am so desensitized. It's not a good thing. (laughs) (laughs) like, It's sad how desensitized we are, but um, yeah, I mean, I do of course have empathy, but it, for what we do, you kind of have to learn to cut it off because if you have too much empathy. You can't tell these stories and be able to carry on with your day because it sits with you all day. So it's like, you kind of have to learn when to cut it off your emotions and like getting attached. Um, and yeah, so that's kind of where I'm at. Like, of course you want to help and you feel for them, but you also have to learn to protect yourself as well.
0: Right. I mean, that's Alexis's biggest problem. (laughs) Oh, yeah. No, well, it's
3: all day, every day. But I was just going to ask, like, what do you do to sort of turn it off? I mean, if you're probably researching and learning and obsessing about crimes all day like I do, like, what do you
1: do to kind of escape the thoughts of that? So I try to balance it out where I'll do like, if I did a lot of dark stuff today, research, whatever, then I'll make sure to like watch a comedy, go yeah. out and try and do something fun. Just anything fun, something that will make me laugh <laughs> and try to yeah. avoid any extra like dark movies, dark shows, anything like that. No squid game. Yeah. Not watching squid game after a day of research. Yes. Yeah, so when I first tried to watch squid game, I was like, I had to shut this off. It was intense. Oh my God. <laughs> did you finish it or? Or did you, did you quit? Oh, I finished it. I finished it. Thank God. But at first I had to turn it off. Cause I was like, Oh, I was trying to fall asleep to it. And I was like, this is oh. not a video.
0: <laughs> Squid game affected me more than any of the research that we've done for any of these true crime things. Like it, no, it me. is like traumatized me. Well, cause the themes
3: in it are, are like the great equalizers, like people understand struggle and like, it, it's just like, it's a fast, it managed to resonate in all these like very human ways. When I watched it, at least that's what I, that's what I gleaned from it. Yeah. But this isn't the squid game podcast. <laughs> this is the daily <laughs> podcast for right now. So tell us about your dark history podcast
1: and basically like how you decide what to focus on each week. So when I would research for murder, mystery and makeup, I would come across a ton of stories throughout history that were dark, but also didn't really involve or fit into like true crime. So I was like, Oh, I want to talk about these stories, but it's not really true crime. So I was waiting. I was originally going to make it a completely different series. But then when I got presented or offered to do a podcast, I was like, let me just do it as a podcast. Like that'd be so fun. So one of the first ones was like the, um, their birth control experiment yeah. in Puerto Rico, like that never heard of it. I was like, how come it's something we just didn't learn in school. You think we would, or something. And it kind of also opened up the door and made me realize how, I don't want to say brainwashed, but you know, in school, they focus on how great America is. And you're like, wait, we're really not. No. And like, how come we don't no. just admit it? Like, it's totally fine to admit that America was shitty. Just be honest. Like, yes. what's the deal? I don't get it.
2: What, so looking back at all of these, and you've been doing the podcast now for, for a little bit, who would you say is the darkest figure in in history? Oh,
1: that's a good question. I mean, as of right now, based off of what I've learned, Andrew Jackson is was so dark.
2: Interesting. <laughs> oh my okay. God, and he's
1: on our twenty dollar bill. <laughs> <All> <laughs> our money, and he hated money. I see that guy all the time. He <laughs> hated everybody. I. This is my own personal opinion, but I believe he was on drugs, and he was oh. just raging and just anyone who was in his way, he would just kill him. He didn't care who you were.
2: You're out. Yeah. I mean, look at his, the fact that we put, somebody actually said this guy's going to be on the $20 bill. And then look at his face on the $20 bill. We, he, which he just looks like he's out of a horror movie.
3: Yeah. It's insane. It he's got that wild electrocuted hair yeah. look. Well, and that was one face. of his Hollow cheeks Yeah And that was
1: one of his Better images
3: I'm like, <laughs> Well you know They're like That's the one That's his like Life portrait mm-hmm. That they chose For the money That we all see every Oh day. absolutely I'm
0: sure all these guys Were so much uglier Than they all of their picture, Pictures and drawings yeah. Portrayed them to be
1: I mean if I was Going to be on money I'd pick my best picture too Yeah So I get it <laughs> heavily,
3: fil- it would be heavily filtered. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah.
1: laughs> Throwing through the filter a couple times. Um, I was
0: gonna say I haven't listened to that episode, but I just listened to the Thomas Edison episode yeah. of Dark History. Um, it's just so funny because, I mean, it's like everything we know is wrong. I'm mm-hmm. like the fir- It's like Thomas Edison. He's just this like fucked up businessman. That's all he ever was. And we've been brainwashed yeah. to think that
1: he was this like incredible yeah. inventor. Yeah. I mean, to give him credit, he was smart, like a smart businessman, but he didn't invent anything. He took <laughs> people's idea and just ran with it. Yeah, so why not just call him a great businessman instead?
2: Bottom line is we wouldn't be sitting in Los Angeles right now without Thomas Edison because Thomas Edison put the patent on all of all of the movie cameras. And then everyone was like trying to get as far away from Thomas Edison as possible. And that's why they kept on going all the way out here.
0: Oh, I did not yep. know that. Hmm. So but- With your, with Dark History and with um, Murder Mystery and Makeup, what is the most obscure, unknown, craziest theme or case or anything that you have come across that you're like, why the fuck doesn't everybody know about this?
1: The one that always comes to my mind is, um, but I feel like everybody knows about it, but it's Ed Gein. (laughs) It's just... Throughout doing research, I have never come across anyone else who went to such a, an extreme that he did. Um, and if you don't know, like he was essentially a grave digger and he would cut up people's skin and make stuff out of it. Like the nipple really belt, bad. right? Yeah, the nipple mm-hmm. belt. He made chairs, plates. Yeah. yeah, wall art. I mean, like he, it's just fascinating. And he was also making himself a bodysuit. Like, what was he doing? <laughs> you know, like, and I haven't come across any other story like that. And it's just, I don't know. That to me is fascinating. Like what, what turns someone to wake up one day and like, I'm going to cut skin and make stuff out of it. Like, this is a great idea. As messed up
3: as it is, it is a reminder that there's like, so, everybody's got something. And maybe there's another, there was a lady geen out there somewhere who's into the same thing. I mean, that's his horrible kink. Obviously, he probably could have channeled that into like, being a seamstress or something a little a bit more costume productive designer,
0: you know, he missed
3: his, yeah.
2: missed wasn't his he doing calling. that basically though? I mean, it's just, a, it's just what he, he was the just skin. so demented that he was, it, there wasn't a Michael's or, <laughs> yeah. or a hobby lobby in the oh, area. Michaels. And he decided to, to use other materials to a mm. very gross display.
3: Yeah. I mean, I think from a psychological perspective, it is sort of like a dissociative. He was trying to be someone else. I think if you, everything boils down to simple like themes, really, if you look
2: closely. Yeah. If you look at Elizabeth Bathory, who was bathing in the Virgin's blood, you got to think that, all right, she wanted to be young forever. That was what her thing was. So it goes down to vanity and and Little on the nose. <laughs> Little on the nose for me. <laughs> she
3: didn't yeah. um, on the nose. So Bailey, in the first degree, um, we steer clear of unsolved cases for the most part. Now, on your podcast, do you do the same thing? And if so, uh, why? On my On pod, her YouTube.
1: Oh, oh, on the YouTube. Oh yeah, sorry, YouTube. For a long time I was a well, I was avoiding unsolved just because I don't I like closure, I need closure. Um I need to sleep at night. But then every <laughs> once in a while I'll sprinkle in an unsolved. They're just not my favorite, but maybe somebody out there watching can actually help or has new information and I like to try and focus on that. Um, but yeah, they're not my fa- they're not my favorite. <laughs>
0: um, okay. So you obviously you tell so, so many stories. Have you ever gotten feedback from families or people close to victims? Because obviously you have this massive reach.
1: Um, yes, I've def- definitely been contacted by family members and stuff. And my heart always like drops when I see it. So I'm like, oh no, like yeah. I just hope, it's good, you know, like <laughs> I don't I, I don't know. I just always assume the worst. But it's been really good feedback. Um, I haven't like kept long-term relationships with anybody um, because the ones who've like reached out are closed cases or older cases. um, But I'm not opposed to that. There was one lady who reached out who was connected to this lady killer I was talking about, but she didn't want to be named or anything. And she was like, you hit it right on the nose, girl. Like my family's crazy. And she was just telling me all sorts of stuff. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God. She's like, if you're ever in my area, you have to come over for dinner. And I was like, I'm going to take her up on that for sure. <laughs> that is amazing. <laughs> oh, <that's> nice. <laughs> yeah. 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 I always get nervous though, because I don't want to ever offend the families. And right. I know like, if you've never watched one of my videos, it's probably like, what the fuck is she doing? She's doing her makeup and talking about someone getting more, you know, like I get sure. it. But then once people watch, you're like, oh, okay. It's not really about the makeup. I'm just doing it to keep myself busy.
0: Yeah. And you like it. The way that you talk about things is very tasteful and it's never offensive or, you know, there's a lot of people that will go into like gory details of certain things. Um, and you never kind of like go on that side of things.
3: No, it's not like, it's not gratuitous. It's very, you know, straightforward and respectful. Yeah.
1: I try my best to keep it that way. I mean, I feel like you can get the story and an understanding of the story without all the gory details. Yeah, No, totally. And we all get enough of that in this dark,
3: (laughs) dark world as it is. So Similarly to people, you know, reaching back with positive feedback, do you ever get family members of people connected to cases reaching out and asking you to cover a case, you know, to draw attention to specific causes related to that case or, or draw
1: attention to cases in general? Um, every day I get so many <laughs> and um, it's hard because of course you want to save the world, effort. You you're like, I want to help everybody. Like, oh my God. And their stories are so touching and you you just want to do the right thing. But at the same time, you, you can't save the world, you know? So I do every day. I do every day, but but I don't know. It's It's hard. It's so hard. It's so hard
3: to get an emotionally charged email being like, please cover this. And there are reasons you want to, and there's reasons you can't. And it's like, all you want to do is offer a little bit of relief to this person who's obviously in so much pain. And it's, it's more complicated than just saying yes. Um, and I just given your reach, I, we assumed that you must get so many requests and we were just wondering how it
1: does that affect you? Oh yeah. Because, um, it makes you feel guilty because um, a lot of times, you know, they just don't understand. They just think I'm being snobby or ignoring them or something. I don't care. And it's not that, it's just, I, for legal reasons, you have to be really careful. Right. (laughs) And also just sometimes you just can't, you know? Or 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 there's so
2: many of them too. I mean, if you're getting 50, 50 emails a day and that's, you know, people always...
1: That's a, it's
3: a year's worth of podcast yeah. If you're getting 50 a day, I, I, you know, it's, there's only 54, 52, however many 50, weeks. 50, don't worry
2: about it. Yeah. yeah. No, but I, that's the biggest thing. <laughs> mean, I was thinking, thing.
3: talking people, about leap years. Yeah.
2: People always ask me like, like, you know, do you ever get down or about, you know, like psychologically or anything like that with the, with the content it's no, it's just the not being able to do all of them. That's the biggest thing that gets to me because there's so many people out there that are hurting.
1: Yeah. And they just want answers and they want help and they just want to be heard and yeah. seen. And I totally get it. But it's like, you just don't know what to do. You're put in a hard spot. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, Okay. Steering away from true crime. You have the most amazing tattoos. So many. I want to know, I have zero tattoos because I'm too scared to get one. Not because of the pain, just because of the permanency of it. What is your absolute favorite tattoo on your body? And do you have one that you have covered up, want to cover up? Um, is embarrassing. Uh, Alexis right here has a tramp stamp that she just covered up recently. So I'm sure she can... <laughs> um,
3: I had it removed. Okay. That's not Sorry, the same. removed.
1: <laughs> and I have two tattoos I regret. Thank you very much. How was the removal process? <laughs>
3: Horrible. Okay. okay. So it was terrible. Jack came with me once because I was like, let me show you how bad this is. Um, and Jack held my hand and she was laughing the whole time, which was crazy. Cause I was like crying. I know that. I mean, they shoot you with a laser and your skin frosts immediately. Like it blisters Eyes. on contact. Mm.
0: And I was like, Jack then believed me about how bad I mean, it was. It was the most painful I've ever seen anybody in, in their entire life. Like it looked <laughs> horrendous.
1: Yeah. I just feel like technology has come so far. You would think they would have like a better way of doing it you by now, but-, but it works. It truly works. Yeah. Well, my favorite tattoo is my shin. I have a peacock on my shin. I love it. It's my favorite. It's just colorful. It's pretty. It's traditional. I really like traditional. Yeah. Mm-hmm. did the
2: shin did the shin hurt?
1: No, really. Actually, yeah, it's like right at the ankle is where I was like, okay, like I gotta right. tap out. um and then right towards the knee with the shin, I was I could fall asleep, really. Wow. Oh my my, really? my shin have... was
2: probably out of all my tattoos, my shin was the worst one. Really? Yeah, I still think about it now. Yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I, hope, I hope men listening to this are like, this is why women are badass and not worth Don't mess with them. Like, we're like, nope. And, you know, I got my skin charred. And you're like, yeah, it's not. I fell asleep while I was being like blasted by needles on my shin. Like, the yeah. other day, <laughs> women's pain tolerance is so much. And Billy's like, my shin was really painful.
0: <laughs> Yeah, he does- And you're like, I felt nothing. You don't have <laughs> to go through a period every
3: uh
2: I, I
0: don't. Once a month. So, or birth, era, like, yeah.
1: yes. Yeah, but then you just, always just hear about other people will say like, oh, my hand hurt, my arm hurt. But I think everyone just has different, like it hurts differently for everybody because yeah. my back was painful and some people will say their back was easy peasy. Mm-hmm. So I don't get it. <laughs> Wait, so what, do you have a tattoo you regret? Or that you? Um, I mean, I kind of regret my right arm because I didn't have a theme. Mm. So I just have like random tattoos everywhere and I wish I had a theme to it so like if I could redo it, I would. And if doing laser removal was easy, totally would get this (laughs) removed and redo it. Do your tattoos, are they colorful or are they uh, dark? Yeah, I do all color. I like color. Um, but my right, my left arm is like a theme. It's like roses and spiders and colorful, pretty. And then my right arm is just so random.
3: <laughs> I'm telling you, tattoo removal works. It's just the in-between process where it's like half removed that you would hate. Like, is it truly works? I mean, it, it shocks me how well it works. It's just like takes a year, two years.
1: Yeah. See, that's not worth it. No.
3: no. <laughs> I think it's <laughs> not. Gonna, like cover it or something. We'll see. So beyond the tattoos, you have other very aesthetically pleasing things going on. Like all the amazing things you do with makeup. So Jack and I don't have any idea what you're doing. So not what you're doing, what we're doing with makeup. So like, what is your obsession with makeup right now? What are some
1: tips that we should know? Like, tell us your wild, Or like a must have. Something that like I'm missing. products. Well, first of all, skincare is the most important thing of the whole routine. That we've got on. Yeah, if your skin is right, then foundation, everything will just kind of lay perfectly. But right now, like I'm so obsessed with One Size Beauty. They make a foundation powder. Let me show you because it's right One size? I've I've never heard of that before. Patrick Star. Oh, okay. And it's a foundation powder. I I think I got like every color, but you can use it wet or dry. And it just gives you beautiful full coverage, but it's smooth and like no pores. It's incredible. Yes. in love with this powder. Like I use it every single day.
0: Is that, I I don't, I don't know how old you are exactly. Is that good for like, once you're, you need a lot of Botox and like the crow's
1: feet, like does it sink into all of your aging? I'm 32. And I mean, like, I don't have that many wrinkles luckily so far, but, um, you have no, no you're literally perfect. Oh, thanks guys. <laughs> Um, no, I, I mean, we're all do we're all doing pretty yeah, well in the Winkle category, doing even doing you, Billy, good. but, um, no, because it has like a, a hydrating feel to it. It's all, it's smoothing it. I don't know how they do it, but it like blurs the skin. It's beautiful. Ooh, yes. Yeah. Well, Love okay. That. You know what? So it's got like, it gives you like a dewy finish. Well,
2: that, that brings up something because, and I understand that true crime is really 90% female and. What about men's makeup? Will you ever do a men's makeup tutorial? Because as somebody that has to put on his own makeup often when we go on TV, I would like somebody to tell me that while doing true crime. Oh.
3: Billy, I do your makeup.
2: <laughs> you don't do my makeup. You, you did my makeup once,
1: <laughs> several times. Really? Oh, I Give me some I credits. That. Yeah. Makeup artist now. Yes. Uh, but no, that's a good idea because I could use my fiance as my, um, my model. Yes. You know, we oh would my like God. To see that.
3: Yeah. Wait, where'd you meet your fiance? I want to know more.
1: (laughs) He gave me my first tattoo when I was 18. (gasps) No way. Wait, have you been together since then? Oh, um, so he gave me my first tattoo and he tried to like ask me out at that point, but I was eight. No, it didn't work out. And then seven years later, we remet at his tattoo shop and then we went out. I know it's been we've been together ever since. Oh my God. I, I love, know. love this story. I love a full
0: circle relationship moment. My boyfriend and I have known each other for twelve years, but have been dating for three. Like
1: it's great, it's Aww. just great to circle back around. Yeah. And it is just like a different comfort level with this. Yes. You know, like you know them and I don't know, it's just different.
0: Guys, nice. this is so I love cute. It. <laughs> okay. I'm touched. Okay, we're gonna end on the end this segment on that note, and we'll be back in a moment.
3: Visit therealreal.com and use code FIRST at checkout for 20% off. Terms apply.
1: Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be
2: confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation.
0: Okay. So for this uh, section of our podcast, we're just going to, we have four questions that we ask every single guest and we, it's just every true crime fan is dying to know this about anybody that's in true crime. So the first question is, what is the case that got you into true crime?
1: John Benet Ramsey. Mm. Us two. Everyone, yeah. <laughs> Can I, what, who, who do you think did it? The brother. It makes sense. You do? Billy
2: mm.
1: really does too. Uh, yeah. Because it makes sense that the parents would want to protect him. I mean, they already lost one daughter, they don't want to lose the son. Their family's gonna look really bad. Their name is gonna be tarnished. It makes sense. Mm. It's thought, like something's not, something's off with him. It is, is that- it is the case that divides us
0: all yeah. all the time. It does <laughs> <divide> <laughs> us all. What do you guys think? I think it's an well, intruder.
3: I think it's an intruder too. The only reason that I don't think it's the brother is because there's like certain aspects, like the putting the thing around the her garage. neck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, y- why would a parent or you know it's just sort of like seems such it seems like even if they
0: were trying to cover like
3: it's, it's a, little a little over
2: the top yeah that's but that's nothing, the only thing with me that that brings it against that yeah
0: nothing makes sense in that case like nothing like when you the intruder doesn't make sense
3: either nothing no, does nothing, the letter the letter doesn't make the, sense the, the for knowing anybody. the amount the knowing the amount of his bonus and the le- all none of the, of the it, references it's all just,
2: to like recent movies <laughs> no. you know in the letter it's just crazy um, okay um, uh, Here's the next one. What is the one case that you would like to see solved before you die? Probably John. John
1: Ramsey. Yes. <laughs> <Domini> Ramsey. <laughs> oh, we, need closure. we need to know who did it. I'm tired of all these theories. No,
0: I did it. We need to know, and we're never going to find out. Like,
1: it's just. I will not accept that. We have. <laughs> Find out, like somebody has to confess on their deathbed or something. You know, somebody's grandpa is going to die, and they're going to go through all their
3: stuff, and there's going to be some confession in a diary in an attic or in a states. Maybe, need more maybe than not. That,
2: though, they're going to need physical proof because we've seen confessions. Know. a
3: know. Uh, mm, if he's the neighbor of John JonBenet <laughs> Ramsey, then I think it'll work. Yeah, and
0: Whatever. I can't wait
3: for that day. It's going to happen. I believe
0: it. I think so. <laughs> I will. Uh, it's the it's the day that like the true crime world as a collective has been waiting for. I think, yeah. and yeah. we'll be waiting for.
1: We'll close the book. It's just all
2: over. Uh, we're like <laughs> we,
0: we don't care anymore. It's like yeah, we're done. Everybody like Every true crime podcast shuts down <laughs> yeah. after it's Because We all. It's like. But we were all chasing. JonBenet was the beginning for so many of us. Like, we're all around the same age, the three ladies in this Zoom room. <laughs> Sorry,
3: Billy. Yeah,
2: mine was uh, John Wilkes Booth in The Assassination. Because <laughs> I was there. I was in the theater that night. And uh, it was <laughs> shocking.
0: He was like, mine is Jack the Ripper. Yeah. <laughs> than me. No, but I feel like for, like, anybody our age, because we're all around, I think JonBenet would be around our age if she was still alive. Like, I feel like we yeah, all have that personal connection to that because it could have been... You know, any of us at any time. So,
1: plus, I think it was like the first time as a kid you could you realize like, oh, I could die. Yes, Ki- people people want to kill kids. Yeah, like what? The yeah, fuck? it like it didn't like. I remember thinking as a kid like, oh, I could die. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> well, I think we fail to realize the trauma of being like you're not safe at home. Yes, yes.
3: you're not safe at home. Your pa- the parents are accused, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. the parents are the main suspect. Like uh, all the things that we feel and took comfort in during our childhoods were called into question. You know, like you're not safe at home, and your parents could yeah. have done it, or your brother, or, or a neighbor. It's well, just anybody like, that you trust. All the results or are Santa bad.
1: Claus. Yeah. Santa Claus. Santa
0: Claus.
3: Santa
1: Claus.
0: He had that fucking vial of glitter that she gave him and he brought it with him to his
1: little surgery and, and she was a special even, friend. So creepy. Even if you're rich, you're still like, you still could die young. Yes. That's me. I was like, wow, rich people could die too? <laughs> like <laughs> rich, rich, gorgeous yeah. beauty queens can. You know, oh.
3: it's like it, no one's safe. And that's this. I think the most ominous part of true crime. It's like, it is a great equalizer. There's pain in every community and- demographic what's the cases you guys would want to
1: see solved?
3: john bonnet <laughs> long island serial killer and zodiac now with all the zodiac resurgences lately like and all the billy's got opinions on and i don't know i have none they, on they whether this most yeah. recent suspect there's any credence there but like what an old interesting case that i feel like in billy don't
0: they have
1: they have his dna
0: don't
2: they have possible partial dna from the envelope um, but apparently back in the day, you would just give an envelope to the post office, and they would lick the stamp themselves
1: and put it Aww. on. Um,
2: so there's there's a bunch of there's that would be the only thing. But the ropes, I think, from like Barriessa could have something if they want to end back them. But they've never done that. Who knows how many people have touched those things too? So mm. the rough one, mm. I would say those two as well, Lisk and, and Zodiac. Um, uh, for me, what is your true crime unpopular opinion, Bailey?
1: Stop showing graphic images and playing 911 calls. Mm. I just feel calling like when you're calling calls. 911, it's such a vulnerable moment in your life that you never would think tons of people are going to listen to. First yeah. of all, mm-hmm. you're scared, you're what you're just all these emotions, and then people use it in like videos and TV shows and stuff. It's just sad. And then seeing like graphic crime scene photos or just graphic images in general. I mean, yeah, we're curious, but we're so desensitized and it's none of our business at the end of the day, you know?
3: (laughs) I mean, I think if you ask anyone who's alive, what their greatest fear would like for me, I'm like seeing people, seeing my dead body is like right at the top of the list. Like, especially if it's compromised or degraded or it's just like, dehumanizing. And I was watching, what was I watching? I was watching a Snapped episode for research. It was on Amazon Prime. It wasn't on um, cable, but they showed an entire body Mm. on Snapped and I was blown away. And I sent it to like 10 people I knew. I'm like, did you know they were doing this on cable TV? It was just like mind blowing.
1: And I I totally agree with you. It's so Fucked up to the families. Well, yeah. I mean, you had a whole life, you were a whole person, and that's now how we know this person yeah. as. I
0: also think like judging people, like when people play the 911 calls and on a podcast or whatever, and then people have their commentary and they're like trying to pick apart somebody's like inflection of their voice or just like the way that they're responding. It's the same thing where it's like everybody responds so differently in grief or in panic. Um, Or in survival trauma mode that it's like, I think trying to pick apart somebody's 911 call or their first, you know, whatever, if they're like thrown uh, into police questioning or whatever, like that's got to stop
1: because people just
0: respond in such bizarre ways when they're put under such stress.
1: Yeah, I agree. Mm. It's just (laughs) sad. I just would never want that, but people do it. I watched a YouTube video the other day, some true crime or, uh, YouTuber, and they showed a very graphic image of this girl who got in a car accident. And she, I guess, was driving like on drugs or something. And they had a, did a voiceover in the video that was like, I'm only showing this image to warn you of what driving under the influence can do. And it was like, okay, I could see that. But at the same time, no, like, like we gotta, no. no, yeah, and you have eighteen ads. I just, I well, felt that's really the boring.
2: thing. It's like, I mean, you oh, have that. They you. used to show us those those videos in school,
1: yeah, but
2: they didn't have ads surrounding them saying nobody's like, making money. There were
1: publics. There were public service announcements.
2: Yeah, nobody <laughs> was just <this> like. <laughs> I, I yeah. won't mention the advice, and usually uh, the terrible.
1: PSAs were like approved by the families and like they yeah. were like, talking about like what happened. If you don't have the family's approval or some input on your video, I don't, I, I don't yes. know if you can see my pictures. No, totally.
3: Okay. So Bailey, last question of our, our fast ones. Do you think human beings in general, given all the true crime you've researched, all the dark history you've researched, do you think people are, are inherently good or inherently evil?
1: I think people are both. It's just we're different layers or levels of good and evil. But when you strip it down to the most primal, <laughs> like if you really strip
3: <laughs> it down to the most primal aspects <laughs> of the human condition, like is there a prevailing is there a prevailing side?
1: Ooh, I'm sorry. I didn't accept your initial answer. <laughs> <not supposed> but. <laughs> say, I get it. I want to say because evil the, because we're, all, we're always looking we, out for ourselves yeah. at the end of the day. And like yeah. you will do anything you can to protect you and your loved ones. Mm-hmm. And that you, sh- that means anything, but could not playing the devil's advocate be good. Isn't, pro- you know, is it,
3: is it evil to be protective of you and yours? You know, I think subjective quite subjective mm-hmm. and we could probably go on a
0: philosophical tirade about either side for quite a long time so we'll spare you uh, we'll spare you that I one. feel like that's the general like uh, for anybody that has really um, been immersed in true crime and has had to see these really horrific stories um, I think that that's like kind of the general answer that we've been given and I think that answer would be different from like a general public's perspective you know, cause people want to yeah. believe people are good.
2: Yeah. I, and I think people are generally good, but Bailey, I think you hit it on the head. It's just like, you're still going to protect your yourself first and then your family second. And then, you know, your sort of community, whatever that is third and, uh, people just, you know, section themselves off that way.
1: Yeah. yeah. -hmm. And doing that isn't evil. It's good on your end, but the perception from other people—that that's evil. (laughs) You know, we're told that you're supposed to care about everybody and stuff. So, it's mainly like a society problem, really. They put too much pressure on us to be good or evil. Yeah, really.
3: We're all nuanced, and you know, it's all about perspective. Things can be good or evil from different vantage points. Mm -hmm. Talking about the same thing. Yeah, you know, Um, you're. Somebody's worst enemy and you don't even know yes. it.
2: Which gets <laughs> us to our last like... question. Bailey, are you good or evil?
1: That's the question. <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> she's like, good obviously, Bailey. Obviously, good.
2: That's a great, <laughs> a great
1: <laughs> okay. So
3: worsty, firsties. This is a real treat. So brace yourselves. So Bailey has brought with her her version of the worst thing she's
1: ever done. And Bailey, we are dying to know. Yeah tell us, tell us your sense. Well, it really depends. I mean, it's not the worst in the world. Okay. Shut up. So <laughs> in high school, in high school, towards the end of senior year, I was like, I was the good kid growing up. Right. And like the quiet one, always following the rules. And then finally towards the end of my senior year, I was like, I don't want to follow the rules anymore. So then I started filling up water bottles with vodka Yes. And I brought them to school yes. and was yes. drinking straight vodka from water bottles. And then one day I met this guy in the girl, girl's bathroom on like during one of the classes. And I was going to. Was give, he supposed to be in there? Well, I was meeting him <laughs> to give him the alcohol. Oh my God. You were like, yes. oh, you were like a pusher. Yeah, so I was giving him the alcohol. And then we were in like one of the stalls and then we started making out. Ooh. We were kind of drunk. And then a security guard walked in and I got caught and suspended from school. And it was like a whole, my parents were pissed and yeah, that was probably the worst thing I've ever done. Question: wow. Wait, okay. wait,
0: so many questions. Me first. Were you,
1: you drunk
0: first. when they caught you?
1: I had like two sips of vodka. I wasn't drunk, but I really liked this guy. So I was like, oh my God, I'm drunk. I'm drunk. <laughs> All right, let's get silly. <laughs> my inhibitions are lower. Yeah, I was like, oh my God, let's get out. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> so if I do
0: anything stupid, you won't remember, <laughs> neither will I. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh my God. I love, I can identify with this so much because I was also the good kid. Oh, I mean, I'm still st- I haven't like done anything wrong in my parents' eyes, really. Um, but my like <laughs> craziest thing when I did when I was younger was stealing my parents' vodka and filling it up with water and drinking it with their blue Gatorade. So Ah, faderade. Faderade.
3: Yeah, faderade. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, everyone what I love about all of this is that like you're a woman of my own heart because like this is the only bad everything I did in high school is like this. <laughs> everything. I had no supervision. I was a terrible terrible kid. And then I like pulls it all together right after high school. Really. I think it was just rebelling, but every story from high school sounds like this for me. So I'm like, yes, like, yeah, I know what that's like. I did this weird shit. Too. You know what I was
2: expecting? How cool would it have been if like Bailey was like, so the security guard walks in and me and the guy are like, we can't have this on our record. So w- we had to do something about it and we killed him and then we buried him in the backyard. <laughs> How- that's where I was expecting that to go, which yeah. would have been, which would have been amazing
3: you were expecting it to go that way a little
2: bit come on you'd (laughs) rather go there the detention
1: (laughs) i'm like but lol jk i didn't do that
2: don't worry about it be like okay
1: (laughs) i so did they
0: ever find out that you were like supplying the uh, vodka for the rest of the student body
1: I didn't say the rest. I said...
2: <laughs> <laughs> and In the yeah, bathroom still.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He read it me out. He he's like, she brought it for me. And I was like, you bitch, you ass. <laughs> I love that though. This, it, it, like I said,
0: I really resonate with it as like a, a fellow good kid. So some of the worst <laughs> things that we've gotten uh, sent to us is uh, one of our listeners stole a Hello Kitty eraser when she was seven years old and she like still lives with that guilt today. So...
1: Yeah. I mean, I would too. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I have a, a way
0: worse things to feel guilty about, frankly. Alexis, Alexis does real bad things. Well, thank you so much Only- for being here when I wasn't supervised. <laughs> they we'll all have different
1: paths. Sometimes.
3: I'm working through it in therapy. Okay. <laughs> and I'm I've clearly like, uh, atoned
0: given all my work. Yes, exactly. All that matters. That is all that matters. Thank you. Bailey, thank you so much for being here. This was so fun. Thank you so much. i truly, you're
1: amazing. I got scared. And where can
2: everybody find you if they don't already know you already? I'm sure everybody knows you, but yes, it's just. No,
1: (laughs) no, you can find me on YouTube. My name is Bailey Sarian um, or you can look up Murder, Mystery and Makeup. I do that every Monday. And then also um, I have a podcast called Dark History that you can find wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, Comes out every Wednesday. Yay. Mm -hmm. Yay. And then Instagram and all that, Bailey Sarian. TikTok, never, no big deal. You have more followers
0: than us on every single thing. It's fine. I hate TikTok, but don't tell them that.
1: But your TikToks
0: are good. I was watching them today. I'm like, you're, you actually like know how to do TikTok, like, and not
1: in the cringy way. Oh, that's a compliment. Okay, yeah. I don't know. I'm so like insecure on TikTok no it's great you're doing great I don't know what I'm doing over there I'm like I don't know what these kids are (laughs) (laughs)
2: what do I do yeah try try being a 49 year old male and doing your first TikTok video this morning and that was basically what I was doing but you're
1: like do I dance or something why does everyone do hand things (laughs) no dancing (laughs) (laughs) I know you're like and then he was murdered yeah Yeah, he was murdered
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh my god insane well thank you so much for being here this is awesome Bailey thank you
2: Thanks, Belly.
1: Thank you. Thanks
3: so much. I was shocked, you know? They were always such a good team. So successful. But...